All right, grab your Bibles, turn with me to Revelation chapter number five. We're going to read one verse and then jump over to chapter number six and read the first verse there. Now, uh, we have been covering, we have been covering what's coming next. That's kind of been the name of this series. Uh, and we are in the book of Revelation. We just came out of Daniel, uh, verse by verse through the book of Daniel. But what we wanted to do is take a, a, maybe an airline view looking down at what Revelation has to teach us. What's coming next? And the first message was on the rapture. Say that with me. The rapture, the rapture of the church. The very next thing on the prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for it. I am ready for it. I am, I am, I am quoting Revelation, the very last chapter. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Listen, I'm ready. I'm ready. We are living in perilous times. Quit, 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 quit saying, oh, do we need more gun laws or do we need more this or do we need more that? Listen, it's going to get worse and worse and worse perilous times. Paul told us that was going to happen. Jesus warned us that was going to happen. As in the days of Noah were, so shall the days when the coming of the son of man shall be. The Bible says the most prevalent, the most prevalent characteristic of the days of Noah, it was filled with violence, violence. Now preacher, are we, are we supposed to be scared? No, no, we're not supposed to be scared at all. We're supposed to be looking and, and because we're looking, it should affect our living. If we're expecting the Lord to come back, it should affect how we live. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, the next thing that takes place on the prophetic calendar is the uh, judgment seat of Christ. Say that with me. The judgment, seat of the judgment seat of Christ. This is the judgment of all of the saved. After the rapture takes place, we're going to receive our rewards for the work and the labor that we have done for Christ. And what a, what a, what a great day that's going to be. Amen. But while that is taking place, while that is taking place on in heaven, on earth, the tribulation period begins. And so tonight we're going to talk about the tribulation What's going to take place during the tribulation? We're going to talk about the judgments that are going to take place, the horrific things that are going to take place. But I want to, I want to go ahead and tell you ahead of time. And I want to, not a warning, but an encouragement, if you will. I don't want you to get so caught up in the, the horrific judgments that are going to be taking place on this earth as much as what we're going to learn from them. Are y'all with me? God didn't give us this book to scare us half to death. Okay, he's not here to scare his children because his children are not going to be here during this period of time. That's not the point of revelation. The point of revelation is for you to learn something about God. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And what we learn about God and what we learn about man in this book is what we want to focus on tonight. And we'll, we'll have that at the very end of the study. So if that makes sense, say amen. All right. And by the way, I missed you guys. I miss you guys. I'm so glad to be back. I don't know if y'all heard about my plane ride, but that plane wouldn't crank. No kidding. Y'all did not pray hard enough. Anyway, I'll tell the rest of that story Sunday. Amen. I don't have time tonight. Uh, Revelation chapter number five and verse number one. If you're there, say amen. 
And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. All right. So we have a book sealed with seven seals. Verse chapter six, verse number one, chapter six, verse number one. And I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard as it were the noises or the noise of thunder, one of the four be saying, come and see. And I saw and behold a white horse and he that sat on him had a bow and a crown was given unto him and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, come and see. And there went out another horse that was red and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see. And beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the wine and the oil. And when he had opened the fourth beast, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth, to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful and thankful for all of those who are here tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll open our minds and open our hearts to, to, to hear your word, to understand your word, to study your word tonight so that we can go out and apply your word. Lord, we pray, we pray in Jesus' name for your divine mercy and your divine peace to fall upon that little town in Texas. God, I pray in Jesus name that you'll wrap those mamas, wrap those daddies and those grandmamas and granddaddies in your precious arms. Lord, I pray in Jesus name that you'll just send a supernatural, a supernatural presence of your Holy Spirit in that place. Minister to those people, minister to those teachers, minister to that faculty, minister to those, uh, th- those policemen and, 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 and men with badges who had to go in and, and investigate and do all the stuff they have to do. Be with all of those nurses and those doctors that tried their best. Lord, I pray that you'll please help them. Please help them. Please give them grace. Please give them strength. Give them what they stand in need of. Please give our, our governmental leaders the things that they need. And Lord, I pray for whatever needs to happen to happen. I pray your perfect will. Lord, I know you warned us. I know you told us perilous times shall come. And I pray that you'll help us to be prepared. Lord, help us to uh, be ready. Lord, help us to be looking up for your return. And God will thank you and praise you for all that you do. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. Please fill my mind, my heart, Lord, with your spirit and your word. And God, I'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want you to, I want you to, let's look in the first point. I'm not going to go through all of those that's listed. My dear, precious spiritual wife looked at this outline in my office a while ago. And she said, dear God, are you going to try to do all that tonight? And then she said, baby, little as much when God is in it. Amen. I said, well, I appreciate your, your encouragement tonight. Amen. All right. Prophecy, prophecy, write this down. Number one, prophecy in the tribulation. Where do we find this in God's word? 
is this in God's word? This time that's been talked about, this, this period of horror, this period of Holocaust, this period of extreme judgment in God's hand upon this planet. Well, we find it in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But the main thing I want you to see, the main thing I want you to see, I mean, you, you see it over and over and over and over and over. It's called the time of Jacob's trouble. That's the one I want you to underline, uh, circle, outline. If you got a highlighter, I, I, I use my highlighter on that. The time of Jacob's trouble. You, I want you to, everybody look at me for just a second. The tribulation period is targeted toward the nation of Israel. Okay, you've got to understand the whole point is Israel. It's Israel. It is a time appointed for Israel. And we're going to see that. And we're going to look back at the book of Daniel and see. But now think about this, guys. Everybody look. Think about this. Israel is the size of New Jersey. Okay, the whole nation, the whole nation, Israel is the size of New Jersey. Now keep that in mind. It's the size of New Jersey, but it's in all the headlines. It's in all the papers. It is a worldwide, it is the most fought over piece of ground on the planet. It's the most coveted piece of ground, not just Israel, but Jerusalem in the middle of Israel. It is the center of the earth. It is God's city. And everything about the tribulation is going to be through, for, around, everything about Israel, God's people. All right. That is one reason you need to be assured of that the church is not going to be there. It is not for the church. It's not purpose for the church. It's design and purpose for the nation of Israel. Okay. Church say amen. amen. It doesn't say the time of the church's trouble. It's the time of Jacob's trouble. Jacob is in reference to Israel. All right. It's the 70th week of Daniel, Jehovah's strange work, Jehovah's strange act, the day of Israel's calamity, the tribulation, the indignation, the overflowing scourge, the day of vengeance, the year of recompense, the time of trouble, the day of wrath, the day of distress, the day of wasteness, desolation, darkness, gloominess, clouds, thick darkness, the day of the trumpet, the day of alarm. All right. All of those you can go. Uh, we won't do it tonight, but if you want to take the time to do that, go home and, and look those up and you will find all of the Old Testament references to the, the time of tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble. Now we find the New Testament. It's called the day of the Lord in first Thessalonians five two. the wrath of God in Revelation 14, 10, 19, 15, 1, 7 and 16, chapter 16, verse 1. The hour of trial, Revelation 3.10. The great day of wrath, Revelation 6, 16 through 17. The wrath to come, 1 Thessalonians 1.10. The wrath, 1 Thessalonians 5.9, Revelation 11.18. The great tribulation, excuse me, Matthew 24.21, Revelation 2.22.7.14. The tribulation, Matthew 24.29. And the hour of judgment, Revelation 14, seven. Now, right somewhere on those notes, right somewhere on those notes, I was going to put this in here, uh, but I ran out of room and I, I, y'all know I'm giving you one piece of paper. Say amen. We will fill up the front and the back, but that's all you getting. Amen. But somewhere right here, it's a seven year period. Okay. It's a seven year period that's split up into two periods. The tribulation and the great tribulation. Three and a half years, the tribulation. Three and a half years, the great tribulation. 
All right, put that somewhere, anywhere in your notes that you want to. It's a seven-year period. Now, when you read it and you say it real fast, that seems like a very short period of time. But that's a long time to go through what we're fixing to read, they're fixing to go through. It's, a, it's, a, it's going to be the most horrendous time that's ever been on this planet. Jesus himself said, there's never been a time like it. There'll never be a time like it. A great, great tribulation. All right. Now, look at number two. The purpose of the tribulation. The purpose. We see the prophecy. There's no question. The Old Testament says it's coming. The New Testament says it's coming. But look at the purpose for the tribulation. All right. Daniel 9, 24. Daniel 9, 24. Look at the verse. Seventy weeks are determined upon, watch this, thy people. Now look what I did with my notes. Look what I did with my notes. I, I, I underlined, well, I actually I underlined the whole sentence. You don't have to do that. I want you to underline or put parentheses around thy people and thy holy city. Thy people is in reference to the Jews. Okay. Cause he's speaking to Daniel. All right. He's speaking to Daniel. In the holy city, everybody knows what the holy city is. That's Jerusalem, okay? So what is the tribulation for? Thy people and thy holy city. Now, who is thy people? The Jewish people. What is thy holy city? Israel. Or I mean, excuse me, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Now, does everybody see now why we say it is for God has determined this for the people of Israel? Does everybody say yes? This right here means yes. This means no. All right. Why does that happen? Why is that preacher? Why do you think that took place? I believe it took place because he came into his own and his own received him not. When I believe it's, I believe it's happening because Pilate says, I'm going to release him. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm washing my hands of this situation. And the people said, his blood be on us and, and our children and our children. Now, listen, God is targeting. Now there is the Gentiles are going to experience, experience judgment, experience the hand of God against them, but he's doing something with his people. Okay. And we'll see what that is. Now, look, here's what it says to finish the transgression. We see the target, thy people, thy holy city. And then we see the purpose to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So let's go through those. Let's go through this. All right. To finish the transgression. What's he doing? What's God doing in these seven years to bring Israel's what? Disobedience to the old covenant to an end. Number two. To make an end of sin. This means to put an end to all sin in the people of Israel. All right. He's going to make Israel glorious again. Number three, to make atonement for iniquity, to deal with Israel's what? Sins. To bring in everlasting righteousness. He's going to usher in the millennial kingdom on earth. All right. To sit, and if you wonder what the millennial kingdom is, if you're not familiar with that, you wasn't in the Daniel study. That's the 1,000 year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ in person, in the flesh, here upon this earth, with the capital city being Jerusalem. All right, if that makes sense, say amen. amen. To seal up vision and prophecy, what's he going to do? He's going to bring to an end all what? Revelation by granting a full knowledge of God. That's going to be cool. 
to anoint the most holy place, which means to set up the millennial kingdom temple where Christ will reside. Now, A, B, C, D, and E. Here's what I need you to understand. This is what God is going to do. This is what's going to take place. Uh, This is what's going to take place during the tribulation period. This is all under the purpose of the tribulation. How many of y'all, how many of y'all would agree with me and by studying the word of God and seeing everything that's there, that you realize that God never does anything on accident. There is never a coincidence. Are y'all with me? There's always a purpose. God has always got a divine purpose for everything he does. All right. And a divine timetable too, by the way, he's never late. And he's never early. All right. Now, what is he doing? A, he's going to bring the Jewish people back to God. He is going to use the tribulation period to bring the Jewish people back to himself. They are estranged. They are away from God. And God's going to bring them back to himself. And he's going to use the trip. And by the way, it will take the tribulation to do it. It will take the tribulation to do it. All right. B, this is big to shake man's confidence in himself and the earth to shake man's confidence in himself and the earth. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit has just said, go to Romans chapter number one, Romans chapter number one. So why don't we do that? All right. Verse 18, that's a good place to start. When you get there, say amen. Amen. Romans chapter one. Now, now what did I just say? To shake man's confidence in himself and the earth. Here's Romans 18, or excuse me, one verse 18. For the wrath of God, the what? The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. Watch this. Because, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power in God has, so that they are without excuse. Watch this now. Watch this. Here we go. Because that when they knew God, when they knew God, there was a time when there was no question that there was a God. They knew him. They knew him. Because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful. But became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. You see what happened? Their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be They became Now you see, you see that what's happening here. All right, God's going to use a trick. Man man thinks he's way smarter than he is. I I, I saw, I saw a, you know, you you see social media is blowing up right now with everything. Everybody's arguing from this side, from this side. And is there a God? Why is God letting this blah, blah, blah. And atheists are saying there's no, and and, and people, people, uh, it's kind of like my grandmother said, they're too smart for their own britches. Done, done got way, way past what they think they are. And they're confident in themselves. They're confident in their intellect. They're confident in their own intelligence. They're confident in their own IQ. They're confident in nature and natural things and what they think they know about science. 
believe the science is what they say. Not going to go, I'm going to be right here, right here. Romans chapter one. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. How did it get that way? How did it get to that point? Because there was a time when there was no question. They knew there was a God. There, there was no argument. There was no debate. There, there was no atheists and, and believers. They, everybody knew that there was a God. But somewhere along the line, they became unthankful for what God provided for them. Imagine that. Imagine that the very first step to the decline of humanity is unthankfulness, not being thankful when they cease to be thankful. Look what it says. Look what it says. When they cease to be thankful, they cease glorifying him. They stop worshiping him. They stop praising him. And because of this, because of this, their heart was darkened. And they begin to say that they're smarter and they have more intellect. They became fools. Watch this. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, because of that, because of their, you see, first it was just unthankful. And then they became immoral. Would not praise him. Would not glorify him. Then it became idolatrous. Then they begin to make idols and make, uh, make gods out of statues and make God out of animals and make God out of inanimate things. So God, what did God do? Verse 24, God also gave what? Gave them up. Gave them up. Now, now giving them up, this is what it means. He took his hand off of them. He gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. What does that sound like? Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them unto vile affections, vile affections. What is the vile affection? Women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving their natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, what is, what has this world done? They've tried to kick God out of everything. We'll kick him out of the schools. We'll kick him out of the courthouses. You remember all that debate? Now they're trying to kick him out of the churches. I'm, 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 I'm not Catholic. I'm not Catholic. I don't believe in Catholicism. I, I believe, I, I believe they need to get saved. Listen, but, but you have, you have politicians trying to tell a priest that he don't have the right to do religious stuff in a church with Pelosi. Read it. That's not your job. That's like saying, it's not your job, pastor, to preach the word in, in Temple Baptist Church. How stupid is that? But guess what? That's where we're at. That's where, let me say this. Let me say this. If y'all don't like what we're dealing in Romans 1, it's not in the notes, but we here. This is where we're at. This is what I'm trying to show you. Watch this. Watch this. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them... 
over to a reprobate mind. A reprobate mind. You know what a reprobate mind is? One that cannot think logically. You see, if you put this chapter together, there's a sexual revolution that takes place. There's a homosexual revolution that takes place. It's right there. What is it? Verse, let's see. Verse 26, 27. Men with men, women with women. And then what happens after that? An inability to think logically. When you think a man can give birth to a woman, a baby, you've got a reprobate mind. When you think that it's logical for a man to put on a wig and, and swim against other women and say he's a woman, you have a reprobate mind. That's where we're at. This is our country. Now you say, preacher, what are you trying to say? I truly believe this is what, this is what giving them over, giving them up. This is what it means. God is restraining evil. But at some point when they decide not to retain God, they don't want to have anything to do with God. God says, okay. And he takes his hand off. I can't believe the things that are happening in our country. You know why? God has taken his hand off. Our country, America, is experiencing in living color, Romans chapter number one. There was a time in our country that this country experienced the blessings of God, experienced the favor of God, experienced the hand of God. All the, I mean, this country was blessed beyond measure, but at some point they became unthankful. When they became unthankful, they stopped praising him and they stopped glorifying him. They stopped worshiping him and they begin to worship idols. They begin to worship money. They begin to worship fame and popularity and sports. And I, oh, somebody say man. And our nation is experiencing the judgment of God. That's why we're experiencing what we're experiencing. That's why we're seeing what we're experiencing. God is going to bring judgment upon this whole planet. This whole planet. Listen. Look. Man is so confident in himself. He's confident in his so-called knowledge. They are, they are, as in Romans it says, they don't want to retain God in their knowledge. There's no God. There, there's no God. You know why? You know the main reason they don't want to retain God in their knowledge? Because if there's a God, then they are wrong. And if there is a God, then there is a hell. See, we'll never get through. Let's go. See. All right. Here's the purpose of the tribulation period. A, say it back to me. Bring the Jewish people back to God. B. All right, C, redeem those who have never heard the gospel who turn to him. There is going to be a massive, massive amount of people saved during the tribulation period. Massive amount. But be careful. Let me, let me, let me, let me help you now. So, oh, preacher, I'm going to wait till that happens then. Well, you got to understand the Bible says God is going to send a strong delusion. 
So if you've had an opportunity, I believe this. Some people don't believe this, but I, I truly believe that when the rapture takes place, if you've been sitting in church and you've heard the gospel over and over and over and the rapture takes place and you're left behind, I believe with all of my heart, the Bible says God will send a strong delusion and you're going to believe the lie of the Antichrist but you, because you received not the love of the truth when you had an opportunity. So preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying if you ain't in, you need to get in. You don't need to wait. All right, D. God is going to use the tribulation period to judge Christ rejecting man. To judge Christ rejecting man. You're going to see something in the very end of this thing. It's going to blow your mind. E, to prepare the world for Christ's reign on earth. To prepare the world. You know what that means? That means if Jesus would fall out of the sky and land in Washington and say, okay, or wherever you want to put him, Moscow, Paris, wherever you want to put him, if he drops down in Jerusalem and says, okay, I'm here, to, the world's not ready. They'll do the same thing they did the first time. Now listen, but when God's through with the world, God's got seven years. Think about this. If he could... Create what he created in seven days. What do you think he's going to be able to do in seven years? That's just a thought. So what is the purpose? Bring the Jewish people back to God. Shake man's confidence in himself and the earth. Redeem those who have never heard the gospel who turn to him. Judge Christ rejecting man and prepare the world for Christ's reign on earth. All right. Now, number three, quickly, we see the pattern through the tribulation, <clears throat> the pattern through the tribulation. All right. Once you write that down, look at me. <clears throat> There's going to be three sets of judgments. Okay. Three sets of judgments. There's going to be the seal judgments, seven seal judgments. There's going to be seven trumpet judgments. And there's going to be seven bowl or vile judgments. Okay. Now in the, in the beginning, in what we just read, we read, we read, I think four of them. And when we read the text earlier, now the, the, the seal judgments, what, what we find in revelation chapter number four, y'all got to look at me now. I need to know you're looking at me. All right. Cause I, I got to go through this part fast or we'll never finish in revelation chapter number four. There was, there was seen a book, a seven sealed book. All right. Actually, it's Revelation 5. And in that book, it was said that somebody needed to come and open it, but no man was worthy to open it. Then John wept much because no man was worthy. Uh, a strong angel proclaimed, listen, don't weep not for behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to lose the seals thereof. Many Bible scholars believe that book, that scroll, when we say book, it's not a book like this. It's a rolled up scroll. Does everybody understand that? Say amen. And it's got seals. It's a wax seal with a, a, a ring insignia. You got to think back in that day. Okay. And, and that, that seal would keep it private till it was delivered to the one it was sent to. And then they would break the seal. All right. Most Bible scholars believe that that is the title deed to the earth. The title deed to the earth. Satan is, is, is the prince of the power of the air. All right. He is, he is the God of this world. 
He is down here roaming about seeking whom he may devour. But Jesus has paid the price for the title deed to the earth and opening the seal is him claiming back what's rightfully his. Does everybody understand that? Each seal that's broken shows something else that takes place on this earth. Another judgment that comes upon this earth. Now at the end of each judgment, you have seven seals that are open at that seventh seal out of that seventh seal comes the next set of judgments. How many of y'all have ever seen like one of them old time, uh, 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 scopes that extends out where they see, you know, them little, y'all know what I'm saying? Each section comes out of the other section. Does that make sense? That's how I want you to look at this. You have seven seals The seventh seal is open. Then the seven trumpets come out of the seven seals. And then after the seventh trumpet, then the, the, the bowls, the angels are going to pour out. And here is the imagery. Here is the imagery. Those bowls, those bowls are collecting the wrath of God. And they've been collecting the wrath of God since the murder. Well, actually the fall of Adam. And all of the wrath against sin, all of the wrath against wickedness is filling up, is filling up to the point that in this tribulation period, they're going to, in the way, the way it is, the angel completely turns it upside down and drops it all. And all of the wrath of God comes upon this planet. If that makes sense, say amen. So there's three sets, 21, right? Six seal. Six trumpet or excuse me, six, one opens up the other, but basically seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowl judgments, which is 21. This is the pattern that takes place. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. All right. Now let's, I'm, I'm not going to, I, 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 I gave just a brief, just a brief description of each individual judgment. Then I gave you the, 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 where it is found, the address where it is found. If you want to go, I I was going to read every one of them, but we won't have time because I got to get to that last part. Okay. Does everybody understand that? Everybody good with that? Everybody say, I, all right, there we go. Okay. Just make sure you're awake. First seal, first seal, revelation six, one and two, the white horse rider. We just read about it. This is the world dictator who conquers with diplomacy. If you will remember, there's two white horse riders in Revelation, Revelation chapter six and Revelation chapter 19 in Revelation chapter six. He has a bow in his hand, no arrows, a bow. How many of y'all can, have y'all ever shot anything with just a bow? It's impossible. It is a reflection of how he's going to conquer. He's not going to conquer with violence or with a military action. He's going to conquer with diplomacy. He is going to be a politician. He's going to be a slick talker. He is the false Christ, the anti-Christ, the white horse rider. All right. So everybody got that? Say amen. In Revelation 19, that's the, the white horse rider with a sword. You can do some business with a sword. Amen. Now, second seal, wars break out over all the earth. Revelation 6, 3 and 4. By the way, the world dictator is going to, he's going to sign a covenant, a treaty with Israel for seven years and going to break it at the three and a half year mark. But wars are going to break out. You say, but they already are. It's going to be worse. Worse worldwide. The whole world is going to be in conflict. 
The third seal, worldwide severe famine. When everybody's fighting, they don't have no time for farming. All of the money and all the technology is spent on making warfare, tanks, planes, missiles, guns. Nobody's building tractors. Nobody's building farms. Nobody's, are y'all with me? And so the weed is destroyed. So now there's severe famine that covers the earth. And, 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 and there's so many skeptics. There's so many skeptics. Well, I just don't see how that could happen. Then you tell me how in America we can have a, a baby formula shortage. Don't, don't, don't tell me this can't happen. We had a toilet paper shortage. Hello? Listen. Third seal. Worldwide severe famine covers the earth. Fourth seal. One fourth of the earth's population dies because of war, disease, famine, and wild beasts. God's going to turn the wildlife upon humanity. I believe, really, it's just going to be a byproduct of the famines. They got to. They got to eat. And so if there's no food, if the food is scarce, the food out in, in, in the wild is scarce, they're going to turn on humanity. The fifth seal, we see the death of the martyrs. This is a picture of all the people that are going to die during the tribulation period who are believers because the Antichrist is going to come against them and kill them. They're not going to take the mark of the beast. They're going to refuse to worship the Antichrist. And so they're going to be, they're going to be martyred. They're going to be killed, beheaded. Sixth seal, a great earthquake is going to take place worldwide. The moon is going to turn into blood, the color of blood. The sun's going to be darkened. It is going to be so horrifying that men, even captains, that means high, high, uh, 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 high, help me somebody. High ranking, that's my word. High ranking men are going to hide in caves and in mountains. And the Bible says they're going to beg the mountains to fall on them and hide them from the face and from the wrath of the lamb. The seventh seal, what what do we say the seventh seal does? It ushers in the next judgments, which are the Trumpet. trumpet judgments, right? The first trumpet sounds, the angel sounds the first trumpet, hail and fire. Now watch this, watch this. Here's what you need to see in the seal judgments, in the seal judgments, everything's primarily taking place here. It's, it's humanity being what humanity is, killing each other, famine. Everything's basically caused by man. Everything changes at the trumpets. Everything comes from heaven. All right. All of the, all of the tragedies, all of the, the, the horrifying things that take place. Is coming this way, horizontally, man-caused, all right? Man-caused. But now it's coming from heaven. Do y'all see that? Trumpet one, hail and fire burn up grass and one-third of the trees and the grass, the vegetation. Are y'all aware that trees produce oxygen? Okay, just keep that in mind. A blazing mountain could be a meteor. The Bible says a blazing mountain. It might be the way he's describing, you know, John is writing this by what he's seeing in his vision could be a meteor hitting the, the, the sea. What does it say? One third creatures die. 
All right, trumpet. Wormwood falls from heaven. This is a star. Some think it may because it's a it's personal pronoun here. Some people think it's possibly an angel. You know, a specific angel that touches all the fresh water. Falls from heaven, poisoning one third of the river. So we have one third of the vegetation, one third of uh, the sea, meaning the oceans, and one third of the rivers. That's fresh water. Now keep in mind, the ocean is the earth's saltwater filtration system. Did y'all realize that? You see, you see, it rains on the earth. All it filters everything on the planet through the rivers, all the impurities, all the pollutants, everything goes to the rivers and then goes to the sea. And then the salt water kills it, kills all the pollutants, kills all of the impurities, kills all of that. And then condensation, it goes back up and then it comes back and fresh water falls back down. Is God not awesome? God developed this thing. But watch what happens. God destroys it. One third of the sea, one third of the vegetation in the grass, one third of the rivers, fresh water. We need fresh water to survive, guys. Now look at the little tag here. In the first four trumpets, in the first four trumpets. Oh, I forgot trumpet four. Removal of one third of the light on the earth. So here's the tag. In the first four trumpets, God is going to remove one third of everything we need to live. Water, vegetation, and light. Imagine that. Trumpet five. Now it's going to be supernatural. Well, actually, all of those are supernatural. But this one's going to be really supernatural. They could blame, they could, you know, humanity, humanity would be able to blame some of that on natural events taking place because meteors have fallen on the earth before and so forth and so on. But now it's going to be, they they cannot blame anything but something supernatural, spiritual. Trumpet five, scorpion locusts from the abyss tortures man. These are demonic creatures that God's going to turn loose on this earth. But with this trumpet, they won't be able to kill anybody. They'll just make them wish they were dead. Their torture and their pains from their stings will be so bad they'll wish they would die and can't. Trumpet six, an angel, angels, actually four of them, angels bound are loosed and kill one third of mankind. This is a demonic host of 200 million demonic creatures that are led by those four demon angels. And they're going to kill one third of humanity. One third of humanity. Then we have trumpet seven. Trumpet seven. This initiates the bowl judgments. Now, now, now imagine this. Everything, everything from the first seal to the trumpet is just the tribulation. The great tribulation hasn't taken place yet. This is the first three and a half years. Now we're going into the great tribulation. In other words, everything you just read was the bad part. What you're fixing to read is the really bad part. Are y'all following me? Look in bowl number one or vial number one. They're going to pour out. The first angel pours out his judgment. Painful sores upon those who have the mark of the beast. 
Everyone that takes the mark of the beast, he's specifically targeting them with sores. And this is not just a sore. It is sores all over. Imagine if you can remember Job. The Bible says Job had sore boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. It didn't matter if he stood. It didn't matter if he sat. It didn't matter if he laid down. It didn't matter if he stood on his head. He could find no relief. And that's what these people are going to go through. Painful, painful sores. Bowl two, the sea is going to turn into blood and all seas and creatures will die. All fresh. And by the way, God has given them, you know, the, you know, the verse you will reap. Throughout this period of time, people with the mark of the beast have been turning in and have been killing God's people. Those who are believers, those who refuse those who refuse to take the mark of the beast and God's just given them, they're reaping what they, bowl three, all fresh water turns to bowl four. The sun scorches people with fire. People curse God. It's going to be so hot, intensely hot and there's no way to escape it. Bowl five. The Antichrist's throne and kingdom is going to be thrown into total darkness. And according to, according to that verse, the darkness is going to be so thick, so unimaginable, that it's going to cause them to gnaw their tongues with pain. I can't even imagine that. The darkness is going to be so bad, what they're experiencing in that, they're going to just chew on their own tongues because of the agony that it's going to cause. Bowl number six, the Euphrates is dried up. The Euphrates River there in Iraq is dried up, which is going to enable the kings of the east, I believe Russia and China. They're going to come through to assemble their armies at Armageddon. Bowl seven, a great earthquake, a great earthquake, a worldwide earthquake. It's going to split the city of Jerusalem into three different parts. 100 pound hailstones. I mean, the biggest I've ever seen is about the size of a grapefruit. I know there's been some people, they've recorded some like almost the size of a volleyball or something. But can you imagine a hundred pounds? How many of y'all remember when the hail storm came through and tore up all the cars in Coleman? Y'all remember that? Can you imagine 100 pound hailstones? Now this is not in Coleman. This is on the world. The world. Now, all of that's horrible. All of that's horrific. It is unimaginable. Jesus said there's never been a day like it. There's never been a horror that's like it. There's never been a destruction that's like it. There's never been anything. No man has ever experienced anything like it. Now, here's where I want. This is really all of that's to say what I'm fixing to say. It's very easy to look at that and said, how could God allow that? How could God allow that? Like God is picking on humanity. It'd be very easy to look at it that way. But I want you to see some things about God and one specific thing about man that you, you have to see when you study the book of Revelation. All right? Don't 
if, if anything, I want those 21 judgments to motivate you to share your faith. Let me say that again. I don't want you to be afraid. Cesar, this shouldn't make you lose sleep tonight. It should make you want to witness to your friends and family. Nobody should lose sleep over this because you're not going to be here if you're the church. But it should motivate you to tell those who will be here. Amen. But here's some observations of the tribulation I want you to write down. First of all, I want you to see the hand of God. The hand of God. God is orchestrating this whole deal. Y'all understand that? This ain't just stuff that happens. God is orchestrating the whole deal. The Bible says in Revelation 6, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Only God can do that. The kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks and the mountains. Watch this. And said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. You know what? They knew where it was coming from. Man will know. For the great day of his wrath has come. Who shall be able to stand? They'll know. They'll know. This world will know that this is God causing this to happen. Isaiah 40, verse 12, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, who hath meted out heaven with a span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket. That's what they're going to learn. They think they're powerful now. They think they're their own gods. They think that they are in charge. They think they're something, but they're going to learn that they're just a drop in the bucket compared to God. They're counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. All nations before him are as nothing. They are counted to him less than nothing in vanity. Vanity means empty. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto him? Have you not known? Have you not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. The inhabitants thereof are grasshoppers and stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. To whom will you liken me or shall I be equal? Saith the Holy One. The whole tribulation period is going to prove to man that man is nothing and God is everything. Listen, we see the hand of God in the tribulation. Number two, we see the holiness of God. The holiness of God. Everybody wants to preach about God's grace and his mercy. And I love those things. And God's love. God's forgiveness, and I'm, I'm, I love all of those things, but you cannot leave out his holiness. You cannot leave out his righteousness. You cannot leave out his justice. Revelation 16, 7 says, and I heard out of the altar say, even so, Lord God almighty, true, watch this, true and righteous are thy judgments. Revelation 19, 2, for true and righteous are his judgments. Psalm 19, 9, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. 
Preacher, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say the first seal, the second seal, the third seal, the fourth seal, the fifth seal, the sixth seal, the seventh seal, the first trumpet, second trumpet, third trumpet, fourth trumpet, fifth trumpet, sixth trumpet, seventh trumpet, the first bowl, second bowl, third bowl, fourth bowl, fifth bowl, sixth bowl, seventh bowl. Every single one of them was righteous. He was right. Those are his judgments upon this planet. And he is right. He is holy. He is pure. He is perfectly right in doing what he does and is going to do. Please understand that. He's true and righteous altogether. True and righteous are thy judgments. We see the holiness of God. There are four creatures around the throne crying day and night. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. You see, what man wants to do is is formulate a God. Listen, create a God to their living. So they'll take a Bible and change it to their lifestyle instead of changing their lifestyle to this Bible. And people say, well, my God, no, no, you don't get, you don't have that option. You don't have that option to create your own. God is God and there is no other. And he's holy and he's righteous and he's pure and he's true and he's just. And every single one of those judgments that he pronounces and pours upon this planet, he is righteous in doing so. Listen, you're just mean preacher. Let me finish. Let me finish. Number one, we see, what do we see of God? Number two, we see the holiness of God. Number three, we see the heart of God. We see the heart of God. Now look at me. Three things we see in the tribulation where we see the heart of God. You say, I just can't, I can't imagine preacher. I just don't, I I just, I don't see how in the world you could see a heart in all of that destruction and tragedy and Holocaust. Okay. Between the sixth seal and the seventh seal. Between the sixth trumpet and the seventh trumpet. Between the sixth vial and the seventh vial or bowl, God pauses. And some people call it the space of grace. A time of mercy. A time of mercy. What is he doing? He's giving humanity an opportunity to repent. He's not doing it because he's mad at him. He's doing it to try to reach them and try to draw them. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this in the heart of God. We see the heart of God a by the mercy he shows by the mercy he shows. Habakkuk three, two says, Oh Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath. Remember? Come on, say it with me. In, what is the tribulation period called? The day of wrath. wrath. 
in wrath, what? Watch this. Watch this. Psalm 86, five. For thou, O Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in unto all them that call upon thee. Psalm 103, eight. The Lord is and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. We know that in the wrath, in wrath, God remembered mercy at the Passover in Egypt. In wrath, God remembered mercy with Noah and the flood. The Bible says, I, it hath repented me that I've made man. I will destroy the whole earth. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Listen, in wrath, God remembered mercy on Calvary. And in this tribulation period, the time of his wrath, he's going to remember mercy specifically three different times and give opportunities for repentance. We see the heart of God in the mercy he shows. We see the heart of God in the missionaries he sends. We see the heart of God in the missionaries he sends. Do you realize, do you realize that God's going to send three specific groups of missionaries? First is going to be 144,000 Jewish evangelists who are going to be just like the Apostle Paul. Can you imagine 144,000 Apostle Pauls going across this planet preaching the gospel? Then he's going to send two Old Testament prophets to preach and speak in Jerusalem. Then he's going to send an angel. Finally, finally, a supernatural being, an angel who's going to go to every corner of this planet preaching the gospel. But God is heartless. No, God is righteous. And God is merciful. I'll show you. I'll show you. We see the heart of God in the mercy he shows, in the missionaries he sends, in the multitudes he saves. In the multitudes he saves. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long suffering. To us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Revelation 7, 9. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude. Say that with me. And lo, a. Everybody say it. A. Which no man could number. That's all the people getting saved during the tribulation period, by the way. Of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues stood before the throne, before the land, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice saying, salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered saying unto me, what are these that are arrayed with white robes and whence come they? And I said unto him, sir, thou knowest, watch this. He said to me, these are they which came out of. And have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Preacher, what are you, what, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say in all this Holocaust. In all of this horrific judgment that God is pouring upon this planet. And he is just and righteous to do it. God is sending mercy. And God is sending missionaries. 
And God is sending hope and saying, come back to me. Repent. Say it with me. Say it again. Repent. Repent. See, this is what we know about God. Don't leave here and say because of tribulation, well, God's just this unmerciful. No, 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 no. You, 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 you totally missed it. Now, before you leave, I need you to know something about humanity. I need you to know something about mankind. Look at number four. We saw the hand of God, the holiness of God, the heart of God. Now look at the wickedness of man. The wickedness of man. Watch this. In the midst of all these judgments that God is trying to get man to repent. He's sending all this to get man to repent. Right now, he's just sending preachers. We're preaching the gospel, begging people. Begging people. But God's going to up the ante. He's going to force their hands. Watch this. But watch what they do. Revelation 6.15. Do we have that? Revelation 6.15. And the kings of the earth and the great king. This is after the first set of judgments. The kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bomb and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks fall on us and say it again and from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. First they hide from him instead of coming to him and saying, I'm sorry, forgive me, save me, take this stuff away. And you know what the Bible says about man? They love their sins. They love their sin. Even though they know their sin is killing them, they love their sin more than they want to repent. Now watch the second one. This is after the second set of judgments. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet, come on, yet, of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor. Can you imagine? Neither of their, nor of their sorceries means drugs, by the way, nor of their, their sexual addictions, nor of their. All those things. And they still won't repent. They know it's God doing it. But they still won't repent. Look after the last set of judgments. And men were scorched with great heat. And they. They blast. Instead of begging for forgiveness. They're going to curse him. Blaspheme the name of God which hath power over these plagues. And they. To give him glory. Go ahead. And the God of heaven, because of their pains and their, and what happened? All right, look at the next one. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven. Every stone about the weight of a talent, meaning a hundred pounds. And men, because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. Y'all with me? Preacher, what are you saying? God's right. 
He's righteous. He's holy. He's perfect. And even with 21 different judgments that God tries to use to get them to repent, they still refuse. I heard a preacher preaching. I've had a lot of time on my hands. I've been traveling a lot. And I heard a preacher preaching, talking about people in hell. People in hell. And the way he described it, I'm going to have to look it up again, but the way he described it in the verse that described people in hell, it gave the, the, the truth that even if they were let out, they would still go back to what they were before. In other words, everyone in hell would be in hell again. You say, how could that be? Then you explain that. It explains, you know what the tribulation does for me? It just for me explains how good our God is and how wicked humanity truly is. And all God's people say it. 